Welcome to Drinking Bros, presented by BlackRifleCoffee.com. Put down the water and grab a fucking drink. drink, 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 drink. Welcome to Drinking Bros, kids. We got a big show tonight. Uh, there's a lot of guests that you guys have asked us to have on Drinking Bros podcast. And we do listen. We read all the emails to, to Facebook, to our to the Drinking Bros podcast page. Uh, we also read all the comments and uh, posts on our private Drinking Bros page, which anyone can join. Um, and as long as you're fucking cool about it. And uh, we've got almost 100,000 plus members in that. And uh, tonight's guest was one you guys have been asking for for a while. And that is uh, On It CEO Aubrey Marcus. He is a best-selling author. Uh, the On It gyms are where, fuck, Tim Kennedy trains. Everybody fucking trains. He's also partners with Joe Rogan um, in, uh, in On It. And it, it's a pleasure to sit down with him and, and have a little chat uh, for Drinking Bros podcast. So uh, Matt, Evan, and uh, Jared hit the road to, to Austin and uh, went into his gym. Got a chance to sit down with them. First and foremost, though, we got some sponsors who pay for this whole shit to be on the air. First and foremost, uh, my new book is out, kids. Have I said it before? Probably not. Nah, I'm kidding. Probably say it every episode. Why? Because the only wish I have left on God's green earth is to become a New York Times bestselling author. I'm um, talking about when when darkness falls, he doesn't catch it. The sequel to it, Night She Cries While He Rides His Steed. Is it the funniest book ever written? You bet it is. Uh, can you buy the pre-sale order of it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and all that shit? You sure fucking can. Uh, why Why do we keep asking about this? the fucking pre-sales? Pre-sales all lead to, towards the first week's uh, worth of numbers. That is how pretty much everybody hits the New York Times bestseller list. Um, because once the week, the new week starts, it's over and you have to try to get that tally for the second week. And it's, it's just fucking impossible to do. But if you make it opening week, that shit just rides out into the sunset for weeks and weeks and weeks. So pre, please pre-order when darkness falls, he doesn't catch it. Um, I, I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. It's my last stream left. Uh, next up, talking about blackriflecoffee.com, a little BRCC. Uh, for the body, Black Rifle Coffee is a premium roast-to-order coffee. They make that shit fresh in the warehouse, bag it up, and ship it out straight to you. They're not rebaggers. They are not fucking rebaggers. A lot of these weird coffees that are popping up on the internet that you see on Facebook, where it's just like, oh, man, we've got a new fucking coffee. It's just bullshit beans. It tastes like shit. The coffee's not strong. Don't trust it. Go with a, a company that's a that's 100% veteran-owned Um and, and, and so look, support Evan and Matt and Jared. Uh, those guys own the company. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com. Sign up for their Coffee Club of the Month program. Um, we're using the promo code Drinking Bros for a one-time use these days for 20% off. Use it wisely. Use it on the drinking, uh, use it on the subscription of the month club. Uh, drinking Bros for 20% off. Um, they got K cups, they got bags, the whole shit. Uh, they've they've also got a thin blue line bag, which is fucking amazing, and I'm sure those are gonna sell out soon. So if you're gonna if you're gonna get some, get those and uh, try 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 out some of the new apparel. Uh, they got a bunch of new cool shit coming in. Next up, we got StrikeForceEnergy.com. Whoo! I am riding high off the Strikeforce tonight. Uh, Strikeforce Energy. 
comes in four amazing flavors. Talking about a ridge, talking about lemon, orange, and make America grape again. They look, you can kick the can, kids. They've uh they've pretty much destroyed the can all, all the way around. I see a lot of people drinking this shit at bars now. Um, it's in 7-Elevens. I would go online and order it. Just sign up for their subscription of the, of the month club. It's one of those things like coffee where it's just like, dude, you can't have uh, too much of it where it just gets dropped off because you know you're going to crash mid-afternoon. Shit lasts longer than five-hour energy, and it's not like you're carrying you know bulky cans around and shit like that of, of, of Red Bull. So go to, go to uh, strikeforceenergy.com. Use the promo code DRINKINGBROS for 20% off. That's good every time. They've got a 10-pack, a 40-pack, and a 750-milliliter bottle that rests on your bar top or countertop. You can just boom, boom, pop a couple squirts in and go. Do that shit. Join the train. Next up, we've got ghostbed.com. Whoo, just finished moving, kids. Realize I, I got two ghost beds up in this motherfucker. I forgot, dude. They uh, Full disclosure, they, they sent me one when, when, when we signed up for it, and I was just like, all right, cool, I'm going to test this out. How fucking good can a mattress in a box be that just shows up to your house? Not only was it the best mattress I've ever had, I, I fucking bought one. And I, look, don't tell them this, but I used my own promo code. I did. I used Drinking Bros, and I got I got the promo code. It was a dirtbag move. I did it. I, I, look, I'm not proud of it, but I'm, I'm telling you. The reason I'm telling you is you can fucking do it. Go to Drinking Bros. Uh, I'm sorry. Go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. Those are all the deals. The deals they're running now are fucking insane. They're doing $100 off a mattress and free pillows. They're doing uh, like like $400 off a bundle package. They have like cooling sheets, a cooling mattress. And uh, now they got this Craftmatic adjustable bed that, again, requires no assembly. It comes in a box. You pop it open and, and that's it. You're good to go. Go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. These are really like the best deals you can get on the planet for real. Um, and, and they're only nice to us because uh, not only. But they're, they're, they're super nice to us because they really support veterans, and they're just like, yo, we'll give you guys a better deal than anybody else will, and, uh, and then, which is really fucking cool. So we love them at ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. Next up, we've got Grill Your Ass Off. Man, I have been eating the ass out of their fucking jerky. I mean, really, really been eating all their jerky like it's been going out of style. Get the all-American package. It's four packages of beef jerky in it it's uh they got cowboy they got sweet and spicy uh they got salt and pepper and a ridge and uh they're sweet and spicy bro if there is like 18 pounds of it in front of my face i'm eating all 18 pounds um i look every time they have it in their in their on grill your ass it ends up selling out get it tell me what you think four packs for 25 bucks fucking amazing and it's 100 us a meat uh, which is great. They also have the best seasonings in the world. Um, I'm talking about for chicken, steak, uh, and crispy. Crispy's got his own uh, seasoning there. The habanero for crispy. And uh, love those guys at Grill Your Ass Off. Uh, they've also got one of the best Instagrams on the planet um, at Grill Your Ass Off. It's just meat porn is all it is. Um, you know, like hot girls fishing. Like this is just fucking just hot meat. Just amazing meats. Go to grillyourassoff.com. Use the promo code DRINKINGBROS for 15% off. Buy that jerky. You're not going to be disappointed, uh, kids. Next up, we got grenadesoap.com. Incoming! Grenadesoap.com is, well, it's a, it's a nice, uh, cleanly product 
for your fucking nether regions. Uh, their grenade soap is amazing, man. It's it's uh, it's made with real gunpowder, so you know it's good. Um, no, that shit smells delicious, by the way. And I like I keep ninety bars at the fucking house. Big fan of that. They also got a shipment. They also got a little taint scrubber up in that motherfucker, because uh, it's the summertime, and you know there's a swamp pocket somewhere between your asshole and your ball thack. Um, so go to go to fucking grenadesoap.com. Get some soap. Wash up, you dirty fucks. Um, get some soap and, uh, and 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 some man products for the shower, and don't feel bad about it. Uh, at grenadesoap.com, you can use the promo code Drinking Bros for twenty percent off. And it's real nice. Oh, yeah. Real nice. Uh, next up, uh, and this is last. This is it. We got Kimber. Kimber is making some of the finest firearms on the fucking planet. Cannot say enough about how amazing their 1911s are. Uh, probably the best to do it in the biz. Um, big fan. We're, we're, we are, we're slow rolling them out into the show and welcoming them to the universe. Uh, they have no promo code because they do not have to. They just don't. It's, it's fucking Kimber. Um, you, you know what you're getting with Kimber. You know you're getting a, a, a tried and true firearm. Something's not going to let you down. Somebody walks into your door unexpected. Boom. You know you're going to blow them away with precision with a motherfucking Kimber. Uh, so protect yourself. Protect your family. Go to Kimber.com. And uh, check out their wide array of firearms and, uh, and all their goodies there. They, uh, they do it right, man. And uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan, big fan of those guys. Uh, now let's hop into the show. We're, we are live from Austin, Texas with Aubrey Marcus, the founder of Onnit. I thought we had to do the clapping. I, I thought we were going to clap This is a special one. This is this is Drinking Bros, a.k.a. Launch Code, a.k.a. Special Episode. Yeah, it's a special episode with a special guest. I think that uh, for a lot of us, we've been listeners of Rogan's podcast for a long time. We've been fans of, of uh, our guest's brand and a lot of things that he's done. So uh, I, I know I'm personally excited to dive into this, and I Fuck think yeah. that it's going to be fucking awesome. Have some fun. So, without further ado, who do we have on the show today? That, that voice you're hearing over there is none other than Mr. Aubrey Marcus. Aubrey Marcus. <laughs> so, I think that first thing for our listeners is who is Aubrey Marcus? And in, in the basic black and white form, before we get into any existential uh, philosophical aspects of it, <laughs> how are you going to get me to describe myself without existential? <laughs> you can't. <laughs> the fuck? You're already. Starting. I am a man. Uh, I live uh, here. I'm a man of principle. Yeah, man. <laughs> Fitness. I'm, I'm just someone who's, you know, gone after trying to figure things out, uh, namely and foremost myself. And that's been, you know, kind of trying to understand who I am, what I'm here for, why I'm here, and solve those big puzzles. And that's taken me into the literature, into the great religions, into personal experience, into all kinds of practices. And um, it's ultimately allowed me to discover a bunch of tools, which I you know scuttled into on it as far as for the human body and the human mind and then ended up able to write that book own the day own your life and put a lot of those practices in there and then other things that will come in other books and other podcasts but it's really just trying to figure shit out man trying to figure shit out i think that's a that's 
the the title of this episode is trying to figure, <laughs> trying to figure <laughs> shit the title, out. It's the title that's of my life. <laughs> that's the fucking title of life. Yeah, yeah. it's like life. You just figure stole my autobiography out. and made it the title of your podcast. But that's cool. Which whatever. on the day your book is a bestseller as well, right? Yeah, Congrats. New York Times bestseller. Yeah, thank you. That's awesome. It's gone really well. We uh we are in a process to write a book, but the DOD doesn't want to approve mine, so I've been sitting on a, r- a written book. What for do they a have year. to do with books? You know, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but they own a piece of your soul. They do. They, and the your military life. likes to take that soul, but that that's awesome. You have, so you have more books uh in in the works or in the for future? sure, for yeah. sure. I mean, own the day, own your life is like a strategy and a plan to attack a day so that that'll set you up repeatedly for like an optimized life. But it's really a lot about the human body, touches on the human mind, and some mindset practices. But there's a lot farther we can go with the human mind and a lot farther you can go with the human heart and a lot farther you can go with building community and tribe. And I think that's one thing, you know, on the ladder that military is one of the few places where you get that sense of brotherhood, you know, maybe in sports teams, but those are usually temporary for most of us, you know, and even for a professional, you're as likely to get traded as anything. So, you know, it's, it's really interesting that there's only a few people who get to experience that type of brotherhood that I think is part of our innate nature. So it's all kind of building towards that. Own the day, own your life, all the practices for the human body and some of them for mindset and then to the mind and then to the heart and relationships and then to the community. That's a really good point. I mean, I feel like that's why I have so much usually in, in line with fighters and guys that are heavily into competitive working out because it's like that tribal mentality where you kind of surround yourself with a team and the, the collective is is what where the success is found. It's not necessarily the individual, but it's the individual's ability to be the best they are themselves, but with the collaborative effort. And it's it's been cool because when we work with MMA fighters and, and all these other crazy motherfuckers just experiencing and living life, it's it's cool as shit. Well, he's like like he just kind of like opened my eyes up to the fact that yes somebody that didn't go into the military or didn't play college sports or do something like that when you go into the workforce how do you find your crowd yeah like because that's difficult yeah you can't and, and go and up and survey well, and, and, and your yeah. crowd in your tribe is a different thing right mm-hmm. your crowd might be people like oh yeah i, I can hang with that person yeah. but do you trust them would you share everything with them would you fight and die for them like that those kind of those level bonds usually maybe that's maybe that's your wife and that's pretty much it maybe that's maybe your best friend but it's not this this real sense of community that i think we're supposed to feel like like we're supposed to stand out in the front lines when the attackers are coming and protect the village because we love the fucking village you know like we love our people and and it's just a weird place that we're in where we have kind of good friends and kind of relationships that are all right but i think we're missing that and i think there's like a deep loneliness that a lot of us feel and i think probably you get it from a lot of operators who it's hell when they're out there in some you know foreign country and they're and they're on deployment but they're also the happiest because they're with their brothers and they feel like i'm part of something that's meaningful you know and then they get yeah. back home they're like fuck what where where are my where are my fucking brothers at where's my tribe at you know and it's it's a weird place and i think there's ways that that and sebastian Junger talks about that in his book tribe mm-hmm. but i think there's ways that you can cultivate that intentionally um beyond you know entering and you know entering the military and just intentionally through ritual through practice through putting yourself through mutual hardships whether it's super hard workouts or super hard hike or iron man's or however you want to do it test yourself and i think that's a big part of it and then form those kind of bonds and that's uh that's part of the process that i'm in now with a lot of my closest friends well when did this start man like 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 have you always kind of felt a gap and you've been searching for a tribe and has that led you to this or is this something that started yeah 
I think it's all part of self-reflection, right? right? Like, and at a certain point you realize, well, first step, I can't stop my mind from running a million places. How do I quiet that motherfucker down? You know, like that's step one. And like step two, my body feels really good some days, really horrible some days. How do I get that in the right alignment? And then you start going deeper and deeper. And then number three is like, man, I'm having trouble receiving and giving love to the capability that I ultimately want to. What's blocking me there? What are the problems there? And then fuck, I still feel kind of lonely, even though I'm surrounded by people. Why do I still feel lonely, even though I'm surrounded by people? And it's just kind of the honest asking of those questions that lead me to try and find like sturdy solutions, solutions that I can fucking slap around a little bit and they don't go running away because they're, you know, tinfoil, like real strong steel solutions to these different problems. So is this, have you been doing this, you know, from the time that you can remember? Is this something that's in the last <laughs> decade, you know, where did you kind of turn the corner and start this, I guess it's more introspective search for, is it meaning or how would you define yeah, that? I would say it's, it all picks up momentum because when you start to have success, when you realize that the method, it's like almost like my method has been validated because I've been able to make progress, then you apply the method more universally. So maybe it was a little bit slower at first and there's longer periods of fucking hopelessness mm -hmm. where it's just like, ah, nothing I'm doing is working, you know, whatever. This is, this is all, I, I don't have any solutions. I'm not going to find any solutions. And so I would go stretches where I would stop asking questions, stop looking for answers. And then eventually I would find answers. And now that I've been more comfortable and familiar with the answer finding process, the implementation process, the discipline to keep to a regimen like I put out and own the day, like that's accelerated the process, I think. And now, so I'm, I'm just hunting. I'm hunting problems. I'm hunting issues that I have. I'm hunting insecurities. I'm hunting fear. Have you sort of segmented like everything as to where, you know, life, love, your tribe, everything like that, where you're solving them all at once trying to, or are you picking a few that you're diving deep in first? Are there any that you've checked off and like, yeah. all right, I've got that solution? No, I don't have any solutions fully yet. <laughs> I'm always still working. It's whatever hurts the worst at the moment. It's like triage method. Like, where am I bleeding the most? <laughs> you know, like, where is the pain coming from at this point? I, I mean, and some of it is coming from inspiration and the desire. I see something in another person and I see something elsewhere. But a lot of this is just like, all right, where do I feel the least whole? All right, well, let's go there now. Where do I feel the most fear? Let's go there now and, uh, and explore that. I totally, I, that's why I've, I've suck, suck, looked at in my life creating relationships that of people that are better than me because I consistently try to find the attributes that I like, look at them and go, wow, that is a very attractive and appealing quality. I want that and how do I get it? And then you kind of have to internalize that and figure out why the fuck you're not as good as them. And it's kind of a very challenging thing. You kind of just got to slash away your ego because yeah. the ego is like that construct, at least in me, that tells me like, oh, well, it's a fucking makes, makes excuses for me all the time. I'm like <laughs> yeah. trying to reverse it. Because the I, ego already wants to be better than everybody else. 100%. Right? So it can't accept but the it's, fact but that it's it needs stubborn, to grow. It's right? stubborn. Stubborn as it's shit. Stupid. It's yeah. super <laughs> stupid. It's stupid. Because you, you literally, and I, it's like making excuses like, oh, well, I could. And then I'm like trying to be the guy now where it's like, if I want something, I make the excuse how to get it. And un, undeniably that I also is associated with like being uncomfortable and we always like to be comfortable. So seeking to be uncomfortable is, is very challenging, especially when you've created a lifestyle where you seek comfort consistently in my life. Like, you know, I have a house that I can go to. I have this like nice shower. I have a wife and it's just kind of fucking easy. And you fall into that kind of mundane practice. You kind of break out of it. You, you know what I realized today is funny because I was in the car literally driving. You guys saw me pull up and I'm thinking 
and I've been in kind of like a little funk in the last like 24 hours or so. And I think what I realized, I'm like, where the fuck is this coming from? And I'm like, oh, I'm really comfortable right now. And I'm Mm. super uncomfortable with how comfortable I am. (laughs) It's like like the book's a huge success. The company's doing well. Yeah, (laughs) my relationships are all good. My friendships are good. Like, I don't have any crises to solve. You know, my health is all right. I'm like... Fuck. It scares I, you. You're, I, I, you're I waiting for what's like, yeah. it's, it's crazy. One of our, our close friends, Tyler Gray, he did a doc on that. Was that which I love destroys me, and it's essentially calling it lack of PTS, post traumatic stress, and it's saying that you're so comfortable in a stressful environment where you're it, everything's on fire. You're playing fix, 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 and then you get out of that environment where everything's just kind of easy, and you're you're so empty inside because you're like, I want to fucking fix shit. I want to go out there and solve problems. And for that active mind that is so used to doing that, the second you're placed in that comfortable environment, especially I've had issues with it where I'm like, fuck this. I hate this. I've, I used to ruin relationships for that. I'd be dating the nicest girl and I just fuck it up. I'd go cheat <laughs> on her. I'd do whatever the case was. Cause like, I don't like it. I feel too yeah. normal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's throw it all up in the air and have to dodge the, Set it on dodge fire. the raindrops of glass that are coming down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that's, I mean, part of that is, is the, uh, entrepreneurial journey, right? Where you, especially a guy that's been successful and obviously you have, when you start, you're, you're just digging. Like that's the only thing I can, and I'm equating it to my own experience where the only thing I can think about is putting this shovel in the ground 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That is it. That's the only thing I can focus on. There's no time to focus on yourself because the only time you... The, the only thing you can focus on is your business. So I guess with more success might come a little bit more time for, okay, now I can develop and work on some things other than, you know, is my fulfillment going to be on fire or am I fucking going to tape right. a thousand boxes tonight because I have to in order to get them out. Is that part of it? Do you think? Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a, a bit of it. And it's also, there's also a part of it that's, you know, the ego, for however stupid it is, it's a really strong motivator, you know, because mm-hmm. you're trying to show yourself that you're worthy and you're trying to show the world that you're good enough and you're trying to, you know, get things to show off and then raise your sexual status or whatever, you know, social status or whatever. And then, you know, you keep doing enough work to collapse the ego and then all of that stuff, you're like, ah. Yeah, I could. That would be nice. It would be more comfortable if I didn't have to fly private. But well, it's good I, mean, I do have the ego because when I walked into the Onnit facility, there's just a bunch of hot dudes walking around their shirts <laughs> off. And I'm like, fuck, man, I, I need to get back in those two days because I'm yeah. not looking so, like these right, tan so, motherfuckers. So that's good. So that's, I mean, that is part of like a motivating factor. And I think, um, you know, for me, that's not really there. What really has to motivate me now is just really genuine service like helping people and for me to really feel that call to service i need to be really open myself and connecting with people because you're not going to be of service to people unless you're really open to love them Mm -hmm. so i think for me it's just whenever i feel kind of tired it's really because i don't love people enough at the moment right then i'm not connecting with them enough i'm not caring enough about them because if i care enough about them then I'm fucking fired up. Then I'm fired up to write my next book. I'm fired up to write my next blog or book my next podcast guest or create the next new product. But it really comes from like really loving people. Well, I think everybody's motivated by purpose. I truly believe that. Mm-hmm. Is that, do you feel that that's your main purpose in life is just relationships and love? And that's kind of. Yeah, man, I, I do. I think, you know, I, and I, I feel like I'm here to enjoy myself, of course. Of course. You know, I think you have to include that. And at the same time, 
affect as much positive change on human consciousness as I possibly can. And that's why, you know, when it comes to sharing my own struggles and difficulties and challenges, like I love sharing that stuff because I know it's helpful. And so that's part of my purpose. And that purpose overrides any kind of feeling of insecurity or shyness about any anything that's going on in my personal life because I'm very clear that my purpose is to positively affect human consciousness. I absolutely love that because it's, it's just like, yeah, you can have all the money in the world. You know, I've I've had like the little fame piece. I've had some money and it's just like no matter where you're at, you're kind of empty unless you have that purpose of, yeah. OK, I'm positively benefiting someone else. And sometimes you have to be super open with your personal endeavors. And I've, I've dealt with that myself where I'm like, okay, I'm just going to be fucking open and honest that I fucked up bad or I made a bad decision. I went the wrong path because if you're open and honest about it and actually influence other people to make better decisions in their own kind of. Um, path but then it actually fixes the feelings that you're feeling because you're like okay yeah. i got that off my chest man i just took my fucking rucksack off now it's all right let's move let's do something else and totally i've seen like too like you have to keep up updating your own personal kind of growth trajectory like when you like you're saying when you hit that plateau if you don't have a vision beyond that that's where you kind of sit in that stalemate state yeah, I look at life as like a fucking book, man. You you can have one awesome chapter, but if that chapter goes on for fucking 70 years, life's boring as shit and the purpose <laughs> sucks. So it's like, hey, chapter three was rock solid, but there was the capstone. Let's go to four and see what the fuck's over there. It might be mm -hmm. shitty, but hey, at least it's something new. Yeah, I mean, it, keeping that moving, keeping exploring, keeping curious. I think you have to be as attached to what you don't know as what you do. And I think it's something too often and jordan peterson makes that argument too mm -hmm. often you, it's reversed like you cling to what you know because that's established to you and that's your identity so you don't want to even venture off into those other waters where you're an amateur and where you're a rookie and you got to learn everything all over again you know and that's but that's a great place to be because that's where the edge happens that's where it gets exciting you're like oh shit here's a whole area that i'm really deficient in you know that i can explore like great let's go do you think that that's a personality trait that, that it's innate in some people? Because I'll live that life. Like, you know, I can shoot pistol all day and say I'm good. I just picked up bow hunting. I'm fucking terrible at it. Mm -hmm. But it's nice to be uncomfortable because I'm having to learn. I'm having to do research kind of like ramps me up. But so, do you think everybody has that characteristic? It's just a matter of I think opening people it, are, it I think people are creatures of momentum. And I think we can't underestimate like early momentum. So something happens early and we get we get the positive experience of that. We learn something new, we enjoy it. And it may be something simple and we, that like sticks in our head and then we try that again and, it's, and then we try it again and try it again. Whereas if someone didn't have that initial experience, maybe they pull away from it and they have the opposite experience where they don't go into something new. They choose safety over discomfort and risk. And so their momentum steers them to another island whereas other momentum steers people to a more positive place where they're actually engaging in that. And I think that has a lot more to do with it than like an innate biology or genetics or something like that. I think we're just more creatures of momentum, you know, than we realize. And I think a lot of the science on epigenetics and how our genetic switches can change depending on our belief and depending on our thoughts and depending on these neurotransmitters upregulating and downregulating based on the emotions that we're feeling. I think we're a lot more malleable than we think, but we're also very susceptible to early momentum. Very interesting. Yeah. Well, I guess when when you first when you is on it your first business? No, no, not. So, how many businesses have you had prior to this? I don't know, tons of tons, and they all failed. They all failed. Yeah, and <laughs> I mean, psychologically, what was happening during that those those repetitions or iterations? What was happening, you know, inside your head 
like I what yeah were you well thinking? you know I was thinking that Alexander the Great conquered the known world at 25 and I was right. 30 and I was still trying to sell fake vagina sex toys and I was like what the fuck Whoa, am I doing with my life with <laughs> you're providing a very valuable service <laughs> my friend I understand yeah, yeah. I, agree. I feel like that's that was not my purpose in life God, just think uh, how many dudes you got off though yeah, yeah true <laughs> I ejaculated I mean, more honestly, men yeah you you've made guys yeah. come more than anybody <laughs> yeah Gary yeah. Jameson got no. nothing Nothing on you. <laughs> World's biggest. How many home units sold right that here. first year? I don't know. Well, that was you know the company was Fleshlight. It wasn't my company, but I certainly helped sell a lot of those fucking things. It's um, <laughs> awesome. But yeah, I mean, it, you know, and I, and I had a marketing company, so I was working with a lot of different companies. But every project that was my own, mm-hmm. you know, collapsed and and fell in, and 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 there was this kind of I was wavering from this sense of like, uh, it's just never gonna happen for me. I must have gone right when I should have gone left. Something I did in my past, I should have already been there. And it was this refrain, like it, it should have already happened, it should have already happened. That's really now that I can see in hindsight was bullshit because what really was happening is I was becoming the type of person that was going to be able to run on it. And, right. and I needed all those failures and I needed all those ass kickings to get me to be the right person for that. It's like everybody wants to go wield Excalibur, mm-hmm. which is a sword of your true potential, like the, you know, and have all of this power. Like I have mighty Excalibur. Well, you know how you get fucking Excalibur? You become King Arthur first. Right. You know, like you find that who you are at a very deep level and then you're able to access your potential and then you're able to wield power justly. But you have to become that person first. You have to become that motherfucker. And that's the process that was happening. I just had a lot of doubt surrounding it. Well, I didn't how, realize what was happening. And how how were you coping with that and then moving forward? Do you remember? Do you remember like yeah, drinking, you, drinking? Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and partying. <laughs> yeah, and like, partying. I mean, and, and hard work and yeah. self exploration and all the things. But it was um, it was a wild, erratic time. Also, like sexual validation. You know, trying to go out and have threesomes and foursomes and like. I was really throwing myself into this like, well, I'm not living my purpose, so let me find other ways to build myself up. I was, you know, at one point training for an MMA fight, ended up getting in this massive street fight and got a concussion. I was like, all right, well, that was kind of my fight, so fuck it. <laughs> you know, like, but then, you know, through in every other way, in the gym, in the ring, in the bedroom, in every other aspect, you know, in social situations, I was trying to validate myself because I was feeling frustrated and blunted in my ability to actually offer my true purpose, what I'm really here as a man to do. So I did all the shadow masculine things, which is fighting and fucking and partying and, you know, that kind of stuff. You think it's just kind of empty validation or do you think some people actually can find that validates their life? I mean, there is an expiration date on all that stuff because one day you're not going to be able to fucking fight. You know? <laughs> oh, I think it's I think it's all about balance. You know, I'm, I'm not I don't mean to talk shit about fucking and fighting and partying. Like, I'm glad I did. Oh, well, everybody know. knows that's my. I want to eat yeah. some ass and punch somebody in the face. <laughs> Where do I got to go? <laughs> so that, like that's I mean, I, I think it just has to be that has to be in balance. And I think when you're using that as a coping mechanism because you don't feel good about yourself, that's when it's a problem. When you're doing it just for the fuck of it because it's fun and you're not driven to do it, then I think then it can be a healthy part of your expression and, and the ability to play on this playground that we call life. You know, but I, I think it's, it's more about why you're doing it rather than what you're doing that's really important. And for me, I think 
looking back, some of the why was because I didn't feel like I was doing enough for the world. So I felt like I had to show off in other areas. And, you know, while it was fun and was ultimately not the most self-destructive thing I could do, uh, it still wasn't doing what I am, you know, now and, and fortunate enough to do now. Well, it probably took you time to find that purpose, right? Because that whole it time did. you didn't know where you're actually, where that True. purpose was going to. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. I hadn't accumulated the knowledge and the introspection and the self-awareness and all of the traits that were necessary to run a, a company like this. I mean, we have 180 employees now, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, that's a lot of weight that you have to get used to carrying on your shoulders. And at every stage, it's just training, you know, it's just loading more weight in the rucksack. Like, all right, how much, how much can I carry now? How much? Okay. 10 employees. Okay. I got that. I can climb the hill with 10. All right. 20. All right. 50. All right. 100, 180. All right. I'm good. Well, hopefully when you start getting 180, you have friends that can carry some of those rucksacks. Because you know, you're like, hey, dude, this is really every, fucking heavy. Every sack is full, but every person you get is another little person in your sack. And Indeed. it's just, you know, it's exponential what you're able to hold. And it just comes from your own reliance on your own, you know, truth and, and the, the fact that you know that you're doing your best. Do you think that Aubrey Marcus sitting right here at this table has... 100% found his purpose in life or do you think that there's still going to be some navigation um, to find further purpose if it's in the same path or you think potentially maybe in 10 years you wake up and go holy fuck this is actually what I'm supposed to be doing I think I have a pretty good blueprint for my purpose am I living it yet no you know like am I'm still now at this point like I'm doing a pretty good job with the own the day own your life practices you know like this morning I was I've fucking had a flawless, you know, flawless morning routine all the way to the point where we got here. And, and I'm carrying that forward to a, to a strong degree. Now, with the mindset practices, I'm doing pretty good. I have a, but I have a good idea of, and I think actually writing that book will help codify and put like actionable steps that I can apply to my life in, a, in an even more regimented way. So that'll level me up there. And in love and relationship, I've been in this massive open relationship experiment, which has been tearing me up and putting me back together a billion times and that's getting better and then in the community we're starting to form these kind of rituals and ceremonies that can form that kind of brother and sisterhood that I think all human beings crave so I'm in the process of living it so I don't know it all and I don't know but I have in my mind a very clear blueprint of the direction that I'm going for at least the next 10 to 15 years and I would be surprised if there was like a, a real sharp left turn or right turn from that. You said about the book coding for actionable items. Um, as someone I love to create, love to write, do you think that that actually helps us understand ourselves better by kind of putting our feelings on paper where you can organize them and go, oh fuck, these are my kind of discrepancies. Totally. And my, okay. Totally, I mean, I'm a better, I am a better person, you know, and I have better practices after writing the book than before because not only does it force you to double down on all the research and be really certain of it, but it puts it in a, it puts it in a, like a direct plan. So this is ultimately like, even if not a single other person read this, it would have been a benefit to my life to create it just so that I had the concrete plan of how I knew I could attack a day and enjoy a day, you know, as best as I possibly could. So, and I think, you know, probably all my books and even every product in the company is something to that effect. I mean, everything I create is like, oh yeah, this is something that's really dope for me. And fortunately, so many other people in the world are like me in some in some way, shape, or form. We're all like each other, so it's I think good that's for them the too. true 
like a entrepreneur spirit is how do I make epic things that don't exist for my life to benefit kind of my existence. And then subsequently they'll help people that are like minded in the same space. Like, Oh man, I've always wanted that alpha brain stuff. Okay. Thanks yeah. for making it, man. Yeah. I didn't, fuck. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> yeah, totally. How do you, how do you attack the day, man? Like, like what's your, what's your morning look like before you walked into the podcast? Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what we're talking about right. in the book. And so first three things in the morning, hydration. So you lose over a pound of water overnight. So three grams of sea salt, splash of lemon, about 16 ounces of water. First thing I do when I wake up, um, sometimes I'll add some extra minerals or some other mineral electrolyte mix in there. Depends on, depends on what's going on, but that's like the baseline immediately. And then from there I go out and get some sunlight cause that starts to set the circadian rhythm. So, you know, that's the circadian rhythm regulates hormones, wakefulness, sleepiness, all of these things that operate kind of behind the scenes in the human body and getting that light exposure, not only to your eyes, but all through the photoreceptors in your ears and skin is huge. So a nice sunny day like this, just took my clothes off and was looking at, you know, looking up, eyes closed in the sky and letting the sun kind of hit me for a little while, swam some laps in the pool because movement is the second part that sets circadian rhythm. So between the hydration, the light, and the movement, you know, I've had plenty of energy all day, all morning, all through this podcast, and haven't needed a coffee, haven't needed anything. And days where I skip it, you know, first thing I do when I come into the office is a big-ass cup of coffee because I'm not quite awake yet. My body hasn't signaled to me that I'm awake. So now I'll get to save the coffee for second podcast of the day and, you know, when things are on kind of a lull, but I feel just markedly different from those very three simple things i'm, I'm over here laughing because literally my morning ritual is i have a gallon of water and i usually a gallon half a day and i chug that thing right when i wake up and then mm -hmm. i walk outside and just take the sun i had no clue about the science behind it, it yeah it's kind of my ritual <laughs> like good sunlight instinct. makes me feel good and water makes me feel good do those more uh, yeah. repetitions go <laughs> yeah do that and then yeah a little bit of movement doesn't have to be a workout a little bit of movement that's gonna really help and then you know exposure to cold so I take a shower in the morning most often and that, you know, I'll start it hot, but then I always crank that as cold as it will go. Unfortunately, in the summer in Texas, it's not like a very heroic act. Right? Yeah. The water right. doesn't Water's get that, 74 yeah. degrees. Yeah, water like, doesn't get on, that man. cold. So don't <laughs> yeah. go around Texas fucking patting me on the back. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, that's going to obviously drop cortisol, which is going to drop inflammation. It's going to build, you know, some longevity markers like cold shock protein, some different things, super helpful for you to go to cold exposure. Plus it teaches you to do the shit you don't want to do. Right. You know, like that's so underrated. You know, if we did half the shit that we knew that we were supposed to do, we'd be fucking superheroes, you know, but we don't, <laughs> you know, we just like, Oh, I should do that, but I'm not gonna, I shouldn't do that, but I'm gonna, you know? So it, it going into the cold water is a great way to be like, all right, I'm going to do this cause it's fucking good for me and I'm not going to leave myself an option. And then you get used to that. You practice it. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting because I I started doing that years ago just because I noticed that I had to have what I, I felt were confidence targets. I had to be able to knock these things down psychologically in order to internalize and then be able to build confidence in myself on a regular basis, which was anything and everything. It was like, oh, that that water looks really fucking cold. I'm going to jump in that river. Mm. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do a million things that are super uncomfortable throughout the week or the day because it helped me set my azimuth through the rest of the week or the rest of the month and go, I'm going to tackle that thing first because that's the one thing I don't want to fucking do, but that's the one thing I'm going to do. Yeah. So it's interesting that other people are doing it. I mean, a lot of people are doing it, obviously, because there's a lot of successful people. 
Yeah, I mean, I think you hit it on the head. I mean, confidence target is a great way to describe it. Like, I talk about all of these things all the time. Like, anytime you can do something where the benefit is positive or at least neutral, but there's a, a big kind of cake slice of fear that you can eat away, you know, and, and move to actually like something positive, like, you got to attack that. And whether that's, you know, for me, I tell the story all the time, like, I really don't like touching crickets or cockroaches with my hand you know like i'd much prefer to put like a thing over them paper and then send them out that way or sometimes smash them but then you got to clean up the guts it's like not no good options right but the easiest option is just to grab that motherfucker and let them outside you know there's no reason i shouldn't you know i can wash my hands afterwards it's not like a problem there but I, but there's like a fear. You've developed a construct that's like not letting right. you do yeah. it. Right. Yeah. So then so then by collapsing that, by going and going like, all right, I am stronger than that fear. I'm going to grab this cockroach with my hand and I'm going to let him outside. Like when I successfully do that and I don't like squeal like a little girl when I'm trying to approach it, <laughs> and I'm able to this. actually go through. It's like, oh wow, I feel like fucking Tim Kennedy right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> like, like I feel amazing, and it's and I actually accomplished nothing more other than collapsing my own fear and that's a worthwhile thing because then when i'm it makes larger fears yeah, more attainable exactly I yeah exactly. next that's level great. the next level will be grabbing it and eating, eating it, it right off the floor <laughs> that'll be some next <laughs> level then level three see, see i think check this out check this that's out. just gross i don't know that's just fucking gross <laughs> that might be the next honest supplement no, like protein no, protein i don't endorse level two to, <laughs> to, to blame <laughs> <in> your, <laughs> i only endorse stay level here at level one i just want to know where do we go to level three what's level three at that point ah <laughs> Finding a way to fuck it? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't and know. then eating it. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> if you can fuck a cockroach, you're... you've won. Listen, I got a real small dick. I got a real small dick, so don't tempt me. You... We we got to we got to get into some tools. I mean, some actual tools and techniques. You know, you've been in business. How how long's on it been around? Uh, July 2011, we launched Alpha Brain, and that was really the the start of the big party. When uh, when did you make your first sale after you stopped or after you started the company? Well, I mean, with Alpha Brain, we were sold out in like twelve hours. But we started wow. the com- I started the company in two thousand ten, and because partly because I was partying so much, our right. first products were hangover based supplements, and that didn't do very well. That was failing. Uh, Alpha Brain was that first target um, that was really successful. That first product and immediately upon launching it you know we again we were sold out in 12 hours and then kept selling out and selling out so once alpha brain formed and was available things really took off was it under on it or was it alpha brain first? it was under on it oh, was it yeah okay. on it was got around it. for like i said like a year before right. okay got it and then so when you were starting that how did you even find the you know the correct scientists and things like that that you're you're working with in order to yeah. develop it so i had a i had a couple advantages mm-hmm. to that one um my stepmother was the nutraceutical doctor for all of pat riley's team so that's oh, the la lakers okay. in the yeah. 80s Knicks in the yeah. 90s heat in the 2000s and so it was really well versed on putting together natural supplements for athletes and she has a background in chinese medicine and, and is really familiar with a lot of the herbs and one of the herbs is actually a Chinese herb that's probably the core of the alpha brain formula. So it's something that I was familiar with already and that I'd been given on a, you know, on a paper napkin during test days and during SAT <laughs> tests. You know, I've been taking some of the ingredients in alpha brain my whole life. Right. And I was used to taking something that would modulate the effects of my you know, focus and memory and attention and then taking other plants 
that would help me with endurance or my basketball games or whatever other you know goal that I had in mind for that day. So I got used to that paradigm and I had her as a resource. I also, because my parents thought that I was going to party myself into uh, a brain dead coma, they sent me to this doctor in New York who did a four day battery, cognitive battery of tests and really did a really deep dive on my own neurotransmitter strengths and deficiencies and then talked really deeply about solutions to those. And so I understood how the neurotransmitter interplay worked with you know the human brain, at least on my own self. So I had that as a resource, and then I had another, um, had some more kind of medical doctors that were, some, that were kind of thinking outside the box that were a res- resource. And then from there, it was just the body of research on PubMed. So it was kind of a combination of my own personal experience, my stepmother's experience, experience from my four-day deep dive with the doctor in New York, some other medical advice, and a lot of research. And it got a company to take a chance on creating a sample um, uh, because we didn't have any money you know, mm-hmm. then at that point. So they created a sample and, uh, that first sample was strong as shit and it wow. was really good. And, and that was, it was definitely too strong, but I, I wanted to make sure that we created something that had natural products that you mm-hmm. could actually feel. And I think that was the differentiator for alpha brain in the market is that people were used to drugs that you could feel and supplements that you imagined did something. Right. And I wanted to find a natural supplement that you had no fucking question was doing something. Right. And, um, you know, when we had that first batch of Alpha Brain come back, I knew we had that. What's too strong when you say? Because <laughs> yeah, now what's yeah, too yeah, strong? You, I want to try it now. Are you seeing I'm sound? Like, you have any You're getting ready to like yeah, yeah. see to pull some of these off the shelf yeah. and go to work. So, <laughs> to, so acetylcholine, which is the neurotransmitter that mm-hmm. we're upregulating with Alpha Brain. It's very similar in mechanism of action to nicotine. Okay. So the nicotinic receptors. So anybody who's you know had a nice nicotine buzz and be like, man, this feels fucking good, and then left that packet pouch in too long, and then go, oh no, right? Oh, You've no. never done that, right. Evan. Have oh. you? Yeah. Never, not once, huh? <laughs> yeah. And that was and that was the feeling. It could take you to the point where, oh my god, I'm feeling so good. I'm so focused. Holy shit, I'm nauseous. You know, and it'll have a similar response if Got you it. push the acetylcholine mechanism too hard uh but for some people obviously you know they can put in that you know super strong double triple strength put in two pouches of <laughs> right. nicotine in their mouth and they're fucking fine those people would probably love the old alpha brain right. you know because they're they're used to that kind of modulation like a jeremy horn type guy like, <laughs> yeah you know like jeremy horn's a good friend of ours and that dude can just take in all kinds of trash it doesn't matter he's like a trash receptacle hot dogs and kool-aid and everything else and he just functions like a machine yeah like i wish i was guy. that motherfucker <laughs> so do I. I, I have to take in perfection <laughs> yeah. and i oftentimes produce dog shit so i'm like the opposite yeah. i'm like the counterbalance to jeremy horn so with, with alpha brain you, you get you know when i guess you could classify it as a, as a solidified win under your belt mm-hmm. and then you'd had some failures in the past so at that point did you know no, okay. I was terrified every single day that I was going to lose. <laughs> yeah. And I spent the first, and, I, and that's actually, if I look back at something I regret, it's just being fucking terrified for right. the first few years because it was actually working. Like, oh my God, this is working. What's going to happen? How is this, this going to get fucked up? 
You know, like, where is the fucking monster coming from that's going to ruin this one? How do you this combat is... that fear, though? Because, I mean, someone... <laughs> no, no, really, all of us want to know. No, because for real, we all want to know I've, right I've been now. in business for five and a half years, and it's never been as successful as it is sitting at this table. But I always have that in the back of my mind. If you're like, what, what, what if the fucking bridge collapses? It's the other what shoe. If, it's yeah. the other shoe, man. You're waiting for it to drop in the story. Like, this is a great story, but I can't wait for the fucking axe to go through that dude's yeah, head. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, I guess really the way you got to look at it is, has anything in your life happened that with hindsight, in some way, shape, or form, you haven't been grateful for? You know, and for the most mm-hmm. part, that's a no. Like, usually all the hard shit, all the challenging stuff, you know, I mean, you guys in the military, you know, obviously death is a kind of a final thing, and I'm sure you've had other people die, but as far as like hardships for you, that would be relatable to business or relatable to relationship. Anything that happens, you can always almost look back and be like, you know what? In hindsight, I'm fucking grateful for that. It taught me this. I learned this. I became stronger because of it. So in hindsight, we have near 100% gratitude. But in foresight, you know, looking forward, mm-hmm. we have near 100% fear. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's, mm-hmm. so it's really switching yeah. that and having, you know, your foresight at, like your hindsight. You know, so that knowing that no matter what happens, you're going to be grateful for that at some point anyways you're gonna make it through it's just like deep faith in oneself that in and, and faith in that kind of stoic philosophy that whatever obstacle is thrown that you'll overcome it in some way shape or form even if it means it kicks your ass for a while that ass kicking will eventually kick you out smarter for your next business or your next project or your next thing so you know it, it comes down to like a deep faith and a deep faith that you're going to figure it out and you're going to be better for it no matter what I love that perspective. I guess it is kind of about self-confidence and knowing that no matter if the fucking house burns down today, I'll find a way to pitch a fucking tent for the night. You know, there's like, yeah. the, I'm being a solution-based person, you can figure it out eventually. And then that, in hindsight, like you're saying, the experience will make you better in the future. But yeah. it's super hard to just fucking slice out the fear, you know, because you're like, oh, oh it's, shit. It's one of the hardest things. But that's that fear is like a wet wool blanket on our joy. At, at a certain level too it like keeps us from really enjoying all of celebrating the celebrating yeah exactly like all like of a, the all of the pleasure of of what we're doing you know is when we're always looking looking too much for fear and it doesn't mean be blind to it, it doesn't mean like you stop being vigilant i think you can be vigilant without being fearful you know and i think that's kind of the role of any ceo or any entrepreneur be vigilant but confident and and that's i think that's, I think, the, the place that I'm working more and more to get to. What are you, what are you afraid of right now? <sighs> That's a, you know, it's an interesting question. I think um, there's a lot fewer fears and they're a lot more subtle now and they're more scattered about because, like, it's almost like, um, you know, back in the old, old days of, of war, the enemy would amass in a certain spot and then you would know, like, okay, let's go. Like, there you are. Like, let's fight. And like in all the places where fear has amassed and I'm able to really recognize it, I've fucking charged. It's like full charge of the light brigade. We're going straight. Come at gun. me, cricket. Yeah, You're we're getting thrown outside, exactly, bitch. Exactly. <laughs> we're going straight at the guns. You know, so now my fears have all kind of scattered and are smaller and are hidden. It's more of that. It's an know, unconventional it's war. It's more of that it's unconventional a, it's war a, on fear. Insurgency of fear. Exactly. And they're hiding in houses and some are in plain clothes. And it's, right. you know, it's like, I'm just constantly having to look and find where these more subtle places that I'm afraid of because it's not death. It's not not, you know, living up to my it's not all the big things, 
you know, that I've had to attack and have taken a long time to disperse. Now it's just little, little shit, little areas. What's something that you haven't done yet that you're, you're trying to do either, you know, in the near future, like this year? Cause I mean, that's a good this question. Is, this is such a big accomplishment. <laughs> yeah. Like to finish a book and, and, and all the work that I'd goes like to, into I'd it. like to give a Ted talk. Yeah. I'd like to give a TED talk. I think you know, I'm, I'm super comfortable on stage and um, I've given quite a few talks, but nothing of that kind of magnitude. So I think yeah, like, you need big, that, you need that like video big keynotes. The, the big yeah, man. Everything. Like big, <laughs> big keynote, either on TED stage or some other stage. Um, that would be cool to do for sure. I've got a few, I've got a few questions on nootropics. So obviously you've, you've, explored those uh probably more than you your your average person mm -hmm. and you sell one uh, or more you sell more than one how many well it depends on where you draw it, but mostly alpha brain yeah. right uh outside of that what other experiences have you had with nootropics and can you talk about them yeah i mean i've had everything from the you know pharmaceutical versions mm -hmm. which feel like i'm taking speed right and i can't sleep for two days and mm -hmm. it's really i'm pretty sensitive to that any mm -hmm. kind of stimulant of that class i mean like adderall is one molecule different than methamphetamine right you know and and the pro vigils and new vigils are the same they're very stimulating yeah what's, too what's the difference me. between those two like because i think it's just a slight modification on the same mechanism mm -hmm. um but the Oh, between New Vigil and between New Vigil and between Adderall. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I yeah, mean, what, what, I mean, so Adderall, you know, Adderall is more of that. It's more of like an amphetamine kind of mechanism, right? And then the New Vigil is more of that classic nootropic, but mm -hmm. is also highly stimulating. You know, so it's actually modulating some neurotransmitter effects. It feels like, and I'd have to dive deeper into the science to give like the, the proper right. answer on that. Um, but those, are, it's too much for me, right? By far. Um, the racetam family, which mm -hmm. is somewhere between a plant and a drug, you know, it's a synthetic, but it, it's a little bit easier to play with. Um, I've had some success with that, but ultimately, you know, the best things for me are, you know, I really do believe we created the best in, best in class natural nootropic in alpha brain. And then nicotine is the other best nootropic that I'm aware of. And I'm a, you know, I, I've wrote it in my book and I've gotten a fair bit, bit of shit for it including nicotine in a right. book on health but i think if you mind first of all how you get nicotine in the body because there's undoubtedly cigarettes will fucking kill you right so don't do it there's way smarter ways to get nicotine in your body like, like gum yeah gum or even i mean even just vaping mm -hmm. or you know and then snus is also a really clean way the royal uh royal london college of physicians says that smokeless tobacco especially like really clean smokeless tobacco is 10 to 10,000 times safer than smoking cigarettes. Wow. So like significantly safer way to get nicotine into your system. And then like a patch is probably mm -hmm. the cleanest way because it's just transdermal and all it is is pure nicotine, but it's super boring. So right. um, I tend not to do that. I use the snooze packs, but I would say alpha brain and nicotine and you know caffeine are the, really that's if people are familiar with those mm -hmm. and know how to use those tools intelligently, I really don't think you need anything else. Do you stack them or do you spread them out? How you do you, can. Do you yeah. swap? Yeah. You can. I mean, alpha brain and like I said, modulating acetylcholine is mm -hmm. similar to modulating nicotine. So you can stack them, but it's, it's really going to be stacking on the same, got it on the same pile. Right. Um, but stacking with caffeine to give you that kind of hormonal energy 
that kind of energy surge because there's no stimulants in alpha brain. Mm -hmm. And so stacking caffeine with alpha brain is something that I'll do quite often. Mm -hmm. And then obviously nicotine and caffeine, you know, that, that works as well too. But those are the, those are the three that I think really stand out to me as, uh, as the, the tools that you need to have available. Uh, and you guys sell, I mean, I'm, I'm a, I'm a customer first of all. So I've, I've tried a lot of about everything that you 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 sell but so do you consume pretty much everything that that you you do of course i and i just wanted to hear it from you yeah i mean i have these fat ass vitamin packs that i that i was just took right before it and they're just loaded to the gills i can take them down in one swoop i can take probably like 25 pills at a time (laughs) like a really insane amount of pills and uh and i take that three times a day and mm-hmm. it's packed with all of our stuff it's kind of, we also we also have our own multivitamin packs i just pack mine myself because i put more shit right. in that and i just like overflow them um and then you know it's not that i take every single product every day that would be like yeah crazy but right. all the proteins are available mm-hmm. and i'm mixing and matching for the shakes i have all the bars and mm-hmm. the jerkies and the and then the supplements are mixed up in the packs and um, you know, and alpha brain, something that I don't put in the packs. That's something like, you know, as you guys probably saw, I took that right mm-hmm. you know, before the podcast, alpha brain instant and some green juice. So I'll take that when I need it as per needed. And there's a couple products that are like that. But, um, for the most part, I, if I wouldn't utilize it, unless it's specifically a female product, which we don't have any that are specifically for females at this point. Um, if I wouldn't take it, I wouldn't make it, you know, right. it just doesn't make sense. I'm not that different from everybody else mm-hmm. that I'd create something that I wouldn't take myself. Well, Did, and the reason I was asking was, are you the guy that's driving the train on, on new supplements, uh, new vitamins, new product, basically product development, or do you have a team of guys doing that now? It's a team now. Okay. You know, it's a team yeah. now. So we have a couple medical, uh, a couple medical doctors, Dr. Conover, Dr. Engel, um, who we're constantly uh, rapping with. We have another, a research doctor, Dr. Kripke, who's here on staff full-time. We have a full-time nutritionist who's here, Kyle Kingsbury, who's super knowledgeable, former UFC fighter, and, and you know, just the ultimate guinea pig for all things that have existed for human optimization. He's in the meeting, and, it, and it's a huge, con, you know, collaboration at this point, trying to find solutions to, uh, you know, holes that are out there in the market. And if, and you know, the way we operate, if there's somebody doing something that's really exemplary, we're not going to try and create something the same. You know, right. we really want to try to advance the field. Right. And that's our goal. Did, did you have a question? Oh, no, I was just on the alpha brain because I saw you take it. Does your body metabolize that similar to just like a caffeine supplement or something like that where the second you hit, it, it's working? Yeah, I mean... It depends on if you take the capsules. And you can tell me to shut the fuck up and no, read the box I'm if you want. But no, like, I'm, yeah, I'm just eyeballing everything over there. Like, I need it all. It, it <laughs> depends on the cap. The capsules take about 15, 20 minutes mm-hmm. to dissolve, and then the powder goes into the gut. And then, depending on what's in your gut and how right. fast that's moving, you know, but typically with the instant powder, especially if I'm on an empty stomach, I'll feel it in about 15 minutes. And we have research from the Boston Center for Memory in the clinical trial that we did that shows alpha brain takes effect the first day that you use it. Mm. No shit. Yeah. 
And I, I take it in the morning, same way, caffeine and alpha brain. Uh, so we're not turning this into an alpha brain commercial, but I did want to get some of these things out. <laughs> Tell Evan um, he doesn't need any more because he's a fucking morning person in this I morning. I am a fucking he's morning like, person. Wakey, wakey, eggs and wakey. We're, yeah, making, yeah. we're making drip coffee, guys. Let's go to the river. Like, uh, yeah. oh, fuck me. Hey, that was actually thrown out. <laughs> you know, I think there's such a knowledge here. There, there's so much knowledge here because I've, I've, I've heard you talk about uh, probiotics. I've heard you talk about mineral supplements and... Uh, you know, and you obviously sell those things. So the question is, are you discovering these and pulling them back in, in, you know, looking at the collaborative nature of your team? Is your team giving those to you kind of as a guinea pig? Is it just kind of working it kind of more both, of a, It kind of comes both ways. So yeah. let's take a, you know, let's, let's take a product that we're working on, mm -hmm. right? Which is a nitric oxide formula. You know, so for example, so we know that the nitric oxide mechanism of action is super beneficial. It's great to get a pump. It's great for your mood. It's great for your fucking getting full pump in bed as well as it is in the gym. Like nitric oxide He's is, talking is boners, fucking. JT. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's <laughs> talking this. hard bonus. I love him. <laughs> nitric oxide is beneficial across the board. So, like, how, so that's something that we come to the table with and we're like, all right. This is, we need to create a best in class for this. And then we have a bunch of different people start going in different directions. You know, I'm not typically the guy that now at this point is beating the bushes for every little ingredient unless I find something mm -hmm. through like my own travel. So I know that fermented beet powder is kind of like the base. It's like the bare minimum. And that's what I've been taking. We're like, all right, so we know we're going to have fermented beet in there. How do we make this better than fermented beet? You know, which has natural natural nitrates and, and the other things, pumpkin seeds, arugula, Swiss chard, dark chocolate, red wine, all these things contain like the natural components to help boost nitric oxide. So I have my pumpkin seeds at home, I have my dark chocolate, I got, I got my beet powder, I got, that's how I'm doing it. And then I come to the team and say, all right team, how do we make this better? Mm -hmm. And then they go to all the ingredient suppliers and they go to the research and they start looking at what amino acids might be beneficial and how you can bond those amino acids to different nitrates. and and we end up coming up with a compounded formula that we'll sample. And then we try the sample, and sometimes the sample's good, sometimes it's terrible. Sometimes, you know, and, and it just depends. In this case, we got a sample back, and the sample's fucking good. And we're like, all right, now we have a product. Now it goes to labels, and then it goes to branding, and then it goes to, you know, the marketing machine kind of gets behind it. So that's typically how it works. We'll identify something that we're doing we're enjoying uh, something else we're getting but how do we do this better do you guys do case studies and stuff because i know like the supplement industry is kind of um let's say not very regulated because right the fda doesn't like regulate it it's, and it's a weird people say that so that's kind of like a trope like everybody says supplement industry is not very regulated yeah and that was more of a question than a statement yeah and it, it's interesting because it is actually highly regulated but not regulated for efficacy it's regulated for safety Got very it. tightly like fda gmp practices you know and making sure that what's on your label is in your label that the places that are creating the products are safe that the products included in the product are safe but what the fda doesn't do is try to validate any of your claims you know so and you really and that's where supplement companies get in trouble they promise you that you're going to lose a bunch yeah. of weight well it's not the fda's purview to say you know 
well, this product doesn't do that or not. Yeah. That, that only does that for drugs. That's what a drug does. It, you know, a drug can make a claim about curing something or actually fixing something. It's like something. the warning labels, like, caution, you may right. have excessive growth right. and fucking yeah. grow your dick. But, but end up, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But what, what, how that's regulated, though, is the FTC and plaintiff's attorneys, anytime anybody gets out of line with claiming too much, they get massive lawsuits. Mm -hmm. So it's actually a pretty, it's a much tighter industry than you think now that being said if you go to the gas station and you buy one of those pills that has a fucking rhino rhino, six nine oh, yes <laughs> you know that one. God. It's of course you always have, rhino, they always dog. have a rhino on them and it's fucking it's like rhino, goat weed right the goat and, weed. and like multiple x's you know that supplement probably didn't get didn't go through fda gmb you know so you definitely do want to choose a reputable company but then to go right. back to your case studies um Case studies are kind of like, there's so much bias. The placebo effect is so strong that it's really not that helpful. Like if I could give anybody a pill and say, hey, you're going to lose a bunch of weight with this. And they're like, okay. And well, they will because their mind will tell them that they will. And that's why you have to, you have to, you know, account for the placebo effect to really have anything that's of merit. And that's why we've gone to full double blind randomized clinical trials to help validate our supplements. And dude, you earned a lot of respect in my book because I was just, you know, going through on it and checking it out because I've used products here and there, but I haven't been like a lifelong customer. And I, But when you're talking about your pre-workout um, and you're saying that you upped the taste profile, it was cool because you broke down the placebo effects and then actually showed that it, it, um, it helps performance, long-term performance. And then moreover, the fact that you were just like, yeah, you could barely swallow this the last run, but this time it's actually fucking good and like super honest and transparent with a product that you yeah. sell was fucking cool. Cause a lot of people would be like, it's just upgraded. It's better now, but they would never admit and kind of own that. Yeah. Sure. It was kind of a little funky taste. I thought that was super fucking cool and kind of builds faith in the company. As yeah, a, man. A I mean, I, I try to just, just level with people. The products are good. <laughs> I don't yeah, need to make man. up shit. I don't need to pretend. Nah, it's right. Not any of fake the funk. Like, and that's, you know, I think that's, that's important. You know, it's important no matter what you're doing. Just fucking be real with people. People's bullshit detectors are way better than we give them credit. You know, we think that we're fooling people. Like, we think we're fooling our girl or fooling our, you know, fooling our boss. We ain't fooling shit. You know, we ain't fooling shit. Like, people can sniff that out way more. No, than my wife's everything. brown. I can't fool her with anything. There's a kitchen knife. Like, what'd you say, homie? Like, oh, shit, dude. <laughs> Fuck. Do you think we could get Jared to lose some weight here at the Ana facility? Because we're... we're very concerned with his well-being. Yeah. He lives off McDonald's yeah. and uh, monsters. I have, I have a McDonald's addiction. What's happening here is... That's a dirty, dirty addiction. It, it that's is. like worse than some deep porn deep dives. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's horrible. But I need this, you know? Now, now <laughs> I'm going to... Aubrey you, is, is uh, looking at Jared like he would look at a moldy towel on the floor of a bathroom. It's the it's the greatest look I've ever seen somebody give to Jared. Yeah. Like you are disgusting. I mean McDonald's. <laughs> really? No. But it hasn't dampened your smile, my friend. No, that's I'm still fucking, happy. That's fucking good. When I get a quick four cheeseburgers in, I'm good. Yeah, for about fifteen before he goes to sleep. The the the, the good thing is like it's not even about changing what you eat, it's just changing the component of what you eat you know what i mean like you like fucking cheeseburgers cool get some fucking grass-fed beef some raw cheddar cheese some avocado mayo some sprouted or sourdough you know buns and some good like farm-raised greens or whatever the fuck else you want to put on it and some you know antibiotic nitrite free bacon and you can have your fucking bacon cheeseburger like go hard and, and but I it's just going to take a little it's just going to take a little <laughs> bit more time and a little bit more attention 
and it's going to make a dramatically different it's going to have a dramatically different effect on your body you know so it's because it's not people always say you are what you eat but you're not only you are what you eat you are what you eat ate you know so if you're eating cows that have all they've eaten is just fucking corn syrup corn and mush. corn mush yeah. and and you're you're gonna take all of that in. That's what that cow is made of. Mm-hmm. But if that cow is made of wild grass and herbs and fucking weeds and plants and all kinds of shit that they find in the field, then they're gonna take that in and that cow is gonna be made of that and that's gonna transfer. And, and you can see that in markers like CLA, which is conjugate linoleic acid is one of the most beneficial things, actually shows some benefit for weight loss. So grass-fed beef has more CLA than conventional beef and you'll start seeing it in like really common markers but what you don't see is in these markers that are harder to test for so just upgrading your food quality Mm -hmm. and you can still eat the same shit for the most part i mean you do have to probably pay attention to macros and cut out a lot of the carbohydrates yeah that's good (laughs) that was the lettuce on the fucking cheeseburger but there is a farmer's market yeah at the bottom of the elevator in my house no doubt man so so that's that's all that's about and then other things are just are just nevers like never is soda you know or like stuff with with corn syrup in it like just no there's better options like have a zevius have a zevia soda you know have something else like i'm not a soda guy yeah so all right so you're way ahead of the game you're way ahead of the game already so if you cut out like you know all of that kind of refined sugar a lot of that refined starch and then you upgrade your food quality man you're fucking golden it's easy and it's not you don't have you're not trying to be fucking mr shredder you know, like you just need to make mild changes and you just feel better. You'll just have more energy. You'll feel more connected to your food. You'll feel internally, both mentally and physically happier and, and have a greater sense of well-being and still eating the exact same number of fucking cheeseburgers. That's the goal. I'm going to do it. I'm do it. Yeah. back in three weeks. You yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I, I want to talk about uh, psychedelics a little bit and... I guess if we classify them as that, like any, mm-hmm. uh, you've you've done some experimentation with those. I've heard some of the toxins. Yeah, talk. I guess you could call it yeah. that. Yeah, or you've used them. To to what degree? And then how have you have you seen that they've helped you? And that's a huge question. I know, but yeah. unpack it for me in a. Well, I was uh, I was pretty staunchly atheist mm-hmm. growing up. You know, my family was kind of agnostic and didn't really push me any which way. Um, but I went to church here in te- I went to school here in Texas, and I would always get kind of roped into these kind of church retreats and church things. And, and just seeing the effects, a combination of seeing the effects, you know, physically of like how guilty people felt and how fearful people felt, and also that kind of organized religion not making sense. And then also going, I went to Italy, I saw the dungeons of the Inquisition, and I saw like horrible things done in the name of religion. And I was like, you know what, fuck this, this doesn't make sense to me. And so I had no spiritual practice at all. And then I went after high school, and I did a traditional vision quest with a shaman, and I was pretty scared, I didn't know what it was. But again, I still had that instinct, like, okay, vision quest, like I was huge into Native American culture, and I was like, I get it, vision quest, you go out alone, you, you know, take a psychedelic brew and you you know encounter yourself in a deeper way i was like i was on board with that principle and when i did that i took a psilocybin based tea and i felt my entire body evaporate into nothing and then something else remained that i could call my consciousness or i'm comfortable even using the word soul at this point i was like oh shit like i got some things wrong you know like 
there is more to life than just the physical. And when we die, it isn't just being in a black box of nothing. Like there's something that transcends that. And I had a deep knowing of that from that very first experience. And I stayed up and I wrote in my journals feverishly all night. And I understood the world and myself in a dramatically different way from that single experience. And it was more than I could have had a million people try and tell me everything that I learned that night. I would have given them all the middle finger. Fuck you. Fuck you. Whatever. Bunch of bullshit. Hocus pocus. Nonsense. Spirit. Consciousness. Soul. Get the fuck out of here. But then I felt it. And then that was indisputable for me. And so that really developed the whole spiritual side of my life and an understanding of what I was beyond my mind and beyond my body. And I've continued to explore that, whether it's psilocybin or ayahuasca or iboga or um, you know, MDMA, which really teaches you about the heart and has, has, has some incredible research on healing post-traumatic stress that's going on from maps.org. I don't know if you guys have talked to anybody about that, but so many in, in psilocybin now showing phase two trials for healing depression and anxiety. It really just shows you a way around a lot of these problems and these things that are very difficult to solve and gives you a glimpse of the greatest parts of yourself. You know, you in, in the most love, you in the, the most creative thinking, you in the most profound understanding of the universe. And so those glimpses and those tastes have really helped steer me to right where I am now. And I don't know if I'd be here with on it and in this position if it wasn't for the help of all the plants along the way. I mean, is there one experience past uh, the one that you had just out of high school that you can put a pin in and say that one was advanced this section of my life more based on some self-actualization? Or mm -hmm. So the it was the second or third ayahuasca experience I had second I think and um, in that experience I really had a kind of like a breakthrough experience the first one it was just all about encountering my fear and it was like fear in every possible way it was like in, I was envisioning insects exploding out of my body like eels eating my insides I was sliding down a vine of thorns naked and it was ripping my balls to shreds and I was like why is that happening and then it told me I had cancer and it was this whole fucking crazy encounter with death that was my first ayahuasca experience. And ayahuasca is a traditional brew that's been made in the South American jungles for thousands of years. And it's, it contains a DMT-containing leaf with a MAOI inhibitor, so it's orally active. And it's a very strong, you know, ritualistic experience, for those of you who haven't heard of it. Um, but anyways, I did the second one. And in the second one, I had a very positive experience. I had some encounters where this giant flotilla of life and flora and fauna and snakes like sucked this black smoke out of my body and then this metallic spaceship beamed this light underneath my tongue and it was like this crazy experience and I just I felt like the top of my head peeled off and when the top of my head peeled off I felt like I could see into the past and future and present in a really profound way and I was able to see and that was this was before on it launched alpha brain and I was able to see on it successful and I was able to see what I needed to do to make it successful I, I was able to envision it as like a heart and there was like arteries and veins that were flowing in and out of it and some of them were clogged up and some of those were bad ideas or bad products or bad marketing or ways that I was acting and ways that I was you know presenting presenting myself untruthfully that was actually blocking this from being a success and I was able to like in the vision space un rework all of those different problems 
And so that vision of on it being the success that it is now, like I was given a crystal clear vision of that, blasted on ayahuasca down deep in the jungles of Peru, listening to some old songs taught to you know taught to my shaman by the plants themselves and that was the experience that really you know gave me a real clear idea of a lot of the ethos surrounding on it i i haven't encountered many people that have has the experience with like psilocybin as much as i have so like being able to ask you this the best way because i've been trying i've been trying to get him and he won't and the best way the best way i can i can explain my turning point was it was it gave you a third person view of yourself for the first time for somebody and, and you yourself, you're not, you're not lying. You know, you know all the secrets. So it was like, it was almost like coming out of that. I saw where I wanted to go, but I saw what I wasn't doing to get there. And it was like, that's what put, that's what started the path. Yeah. Like woke up from that and said, let's get to work. Yeah, it's the, it's the vantage point of your highest self, your highest consciousness, your greatest intelligence. And that's what, that's what it feels like. People worry about like, losing control you know like oh like like your baser instincts are going to come out when most likely it's going to be your best self that comes out you know and like and occasionally occasionally you will have some disorienting experience but that's very very rare especially on a true classic psychedelic and not a dissociative like salvia or and as some long of these other in a things happy place too. Like, and you're in the right set the right setting and then go yeah, with the, like, with the right go with the get right a fight with your white yeah intention is crucial i'm gonna do ayahuasca yeah, <laughs> yeah. wake up in a pool you of blood be, like you have to be in a good people. mind going in otherwise that's a good going mind to with a good provider with a good setting with yeah. a good material because yes. it to. can go it can go squirrely yes. no doubt and it is a trial by fire but what you will find is more you than you ever thought more control than you ever thought you had because it's actually you and you're beyond your own fears and limitations that are actually driving you unbeknownst to you 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 raise to a level of consciousness where you can look at the things that are actually driving you and then decide whether you want to keep those or not. So you're actually gaining control rather than losing control in any positive psychedelic experience. So it's kind of opposite of what a lot of people think and what a lot of the fear that keeps people out like, oh, you know, I don't, I don't really want to lose control. I don't know what's going to come up. What's going to come out typically is your very best fucking self. Is this why you set this podcast up, Jerry? No. Yeah. I'm, I'm almost there. I'm in. Like intervention. Let's go, Aubrey. Let's but jump again, on a plane. But again, you can contest. It changed you for the rest of your life. No doubt. Yes. And, and it still does. And, and it still does. I, I would, and I would every never... time I come in thinking like, oh, I got this shit figured out, you know, I'll do a traditional plant medicine ceremony and be like, oh, I'm so fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, in a, in a positive way because then it gives me the opportunity to level up again, you know, look at something else. I love it. What makes you laugh? What's what's making you laugh right now? What's making you happy? <laughs> Man, He's that's like the a fat guy in front. Of yeah, me. other really, than Jared's diet. It's, honestly, it's a it's a state of it's a state of being. You know what I mean? Like if I'm in the right state of being, everything makes me laugh. Everything makes me happy. You know, if I'm in the wrong state of being, nothing makes me laugh and nothing makes me happy. It doesn't fucking matter. You know, and and so for me, it's about getting myself in that right state, and that starts. You got to build it up from the ground level. Is my body in the right state? Because if my body's in pain or if my body's sick, it becomes puts a lot of pressure on my mind to get right. You know, so all right, once the body's taken care of, all right, then is my mind in the right place? Am I thinking about things the right way? You know, am I am I still do I do I feel infected with fear or do I feel infected with you know do I have enough faith and confidence? And then is is my heart open? 
you know, do I feel like I can give and receive love, that I'm worthy of love, that I've forgiven myself for the past enough that I can receive love and that I can give love and feel that I'm valid enough to give it to somebody? Or is that or mine? Is my community, you know, is my community there for me? Am I there for them? Am I in support? Am I following my mission and my purpose? Like, and when all that lines up, man, I mean, I find myself crying tears of joy. Like at all common things, I'll look at a lover and, and cry tears of joy. I'll have a great meal and I'll like be tearing up and smiling and I'll just be laughing hysterically. Like at that place, I'm so happy. But at, at the very same time, I can take a couple wrong turns. Maybe my body's off. Maybe my mind's off. Maybe something happens in the relationship. And the funniest motherfucker on the planet couldn't get me to crack a genuine smile. You know, so like heaven and hell are both there internally. And it's just a matter of whether I can steer towards one or and steer away from the other. Well, I'll tell you what, man, this has been incredible. I know that an hour literally flew by. I'm oh, looking yeah. at Dave, looking at his watch, basically. So uh, I can't thank you enough for coming on. It's uh, It's been a real pleasure. And, and yeah, where can people check you out? Yeah. Uh, your book, your Instagram? Yeah, like, like, for sure. I'm sure people want to know more after this. For sure, yeah. At Aubrey Marcus on Instagram. I'm super, like, um, I'm posting every day on there, and that's a, a really good place to follow me. Uh, own the day, own your life. Get that anywhere. Get it on Amazon. It's one of the top books on Audible because I read it myself. So if you want to hear me read read to you, like, sweet lullabies. You know, maybe, like, some posts, I'll just plug you in <laughs> and get my, my Aubrey on. And, uh, but, yeah, Amazon, Audible available at on it and then of course on it's two n's o n n i t and if you're going to write in and ask questions about ayahuasca it's spelled a y a h u a s c a people always spell it all kind of funky yeah, <laughs> yeah. Funny. yeah. Uh, but again and, and we talked about psycho it's not for everybody don't everybody right. go rushing out there and try and get psychedelics <laughs> from whoever you can get it from because yeah. it's like psychic surgery you want to make sure you have the right surgeon and set the right time and if done correctly it can be massively beneficial Awesome. And then we usually end the show with um, something we call the drinking bro of the week, which is going to be an influential figure, someone you just care about, um, someone you just want to give a shout out and just be appreciate they're a part of your life. And Yeah, I got to shout out my homie, Kyle Kingsbury. Um, he's become one of my best friends and he's a, a mountain. He's a mountain of a dude. He's fought eight yeah. times in the UFC. He's like a specimen of physical prowess, but he's also the most heart forward man i've probably ever met and that's been awesome to see someone hold the balance of he could truly kick almost anybody's ass but he's the first person to lend a helping hand and first person to give the best hug in the room and uh so shout out to him i Cheers. mean he didn't even know who we are and then he opened the door for us out of he's his like, kindness he's yeah. like do you guys need to get in there Nicest let me open guy. that door i was yeah, like yeah was, i'm gonna be really nice because nice that guy can beat my ass with a pinky so. <laughs> yeah and he runs the on it podcast too so they dive a lot into biohacks and health and oh, uh, nice and my podcast aubrey marcus podcast that covers a lot of psychology philosophy some spirituality we go a lot deeper into all that awesome and we'll, we'll put we'll put all the links to yeah. that too uh, during yeah in the, the podcast episode, i did with so. tim kennedy for those of you who are in service and know who tim kennedy is he's one of the baddest motherfuckers on he's planet. a very close friend of ours i love the podcast i did with tim so if you want to dive into something fun I recommend that one. Oh yeah, awesome. And so you know uh, the owners of Black Rifle, man. We're, we're huge fans of everything you got going on. So likewise, thanks for having us up here, and yeah, thanks for, for sure. everything in the hospitality. Did you guys bring great. some coffee. We well, we were going to, but we decided we're just going to square you away with an awesome care package. If <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah, we did bring you a bottle of whiskey. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. yeah we did bring our whiskey, whiskey company as well. Yeah. So <laughs> Irish fucking coffee. Awesome. Well, thanks for having us.